Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in two and a half years after 130 shows on Zoom, the boys are back in town. We're back. We're back. Mr. Napolitano, welcome back. back to the studio. Some things haven't changed, though. Oh, here we go. Go ahead, Frank. Get it over with. (laughs) Paul will buy your house if he doesn't sell it, but don't expect him to buy you breakfast. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So I have two stories for you. First of all, our show starts at 11. I got here at 10 to 10 to buy breakfast, and Frank was already here getting breakfast. And, of course, we had a little fight in the restaurant to see who could get their credit card out faster. So, yes, Frank did buy breakfast, but this is a true story. Let me tell you a true story. I went to the bank yesterday to ask for a loan. And they said, how much do you need? And I said, probably about $10,000. And the lady comes out and says, oh, you must be back in the studio again. (laughs) (laughs) True story. True story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Frank, thanks for the breakfast. It was about, you know, a long time coming. Yes, it was. 2019, last time you bought. So, but I don't let you buy it next week. Oh, good. Thanks That won't be in studio. So, what are you guys doing with all the money you saved from not buying breakfast? (laughs) Now, here's the funny thing. It's been a crazy two and a half years. I'm sitting in a studio with two pretty good businessmen, and they fight over who wants to pay. (laughs) So, what's wrong with this picture? (laughs) You know, it's funny. In the the restaurant this morning, everyone was staring at us because we're actually fighting to get to the credit card machine. (laughs) Uh, It's all good and fun. Yeah. Well, Well, welcome back. Good to see you back. It is so nice to be back in the studio. I mean, Zoom did its purpose, but uh, way too long. Yeah, way too long on Zoom, and Paul and I were saying the same thing. It's like, what? Why? Why did it take so long? But it's nice to be back for sure. It is, and you know what? I I, I was telling Frank as we were walking to breakfast this morning, and I was like, I haven't been down here in year, like probably since the pandemic started. I haven't yeah. been downtown. It was nice to see that there's a little bit of hustle bustle, and and um, you know the, where where we went to get the breakfast. The, the owner there, who we know very well, we've been doing this for so long. He said he just made it, which is scary because there's a lot of restaurants oh, yeah. and a lot of places that did not make it. I mean. And, there's, uh, I was in Place d'Orleans the other day, the shopping mall, and it was like everything was boarded up. It's like there's no stores going on there. So it's it's crazy what's going on, and I know they're talking about even more interest rate hikes, and it could get even tougher soon. You know what the irony is? The last time you guys were in the studio, the real estate market was almost where it is right now, yeah. with the exception of interest <clears throat> rates. The interest rates are substantially higher, unfortunately, but we went through, again, a crazy, crazy two and a half years that we could never have envisioned Last time we were in the studio that we would have gone through what we did, both on the real estate side and on the mortgage side. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> you you can almost write a book on what we've experienced over the last two and a half years across all industries. And not one economist saw it coming. Not one economist saw the interest rates hike coming no. the way they are. I, I mean, everybody talked about inflation at this time last year. We were talking about inflation, but not to the level that it's at right now. And everybody loves to point the finger, and I think the Russia-Ukraine had something to do with it. But it's not the only story behind the inflation being where it is. Government spending has been a big part of it. Um, you know, we're talking about gas prices this morning. Uh, Paul and I, because he's got a diesel vehicle, and most Ooh, people yours would is buy diesel. Oh yeah, yeah. oh you get hit the hardest. Yeah. But most people would buy diesel because diesel prices traditionally have always been lower than the yeah. regular gas prices, and today they're twenty, thirty percent higher, and hence why we haven't seen food prices come down because most of the transport is by diesel fuel. Yeah. Yeah, and I was also saying I feel bad because I guess we call him Amick Mike, right? 
Yep. Amec Mike. Uh, Terry was getting a Range Rover when I was, or was looking at it when I bought my Range Rover. And I said to Terry, she's like, ah, oh, they want to sell me a diesel one. What do you think? I was like, oh, I got diesel. Go with diesel, Terry. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, the next day the diesel prices go through the roof. But, you know, Frank, you talk about no one would have predicted this. And it's, I've been spending a lot of time going to see a lot of our sellers now and, and talking to them about getting price reductions, which we haven't done in ages. And they keep saying to me, like, so so what do you predict? What's going to happen? And I'm like, usually I can go into any market and I can predict, here's what I expect and here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I think we're going to be pretty flat over the next probably 12 to 18 months, pretty flat. Um, I think we're in for a tough 2023, and I think we're in for a very good 2024 after that. I know it's it's hard to predict, you know, a year and a half out, but it's. I think we're going to go through some some growth pains. I mean, when we saw the numbers that came out, let me just we're back to three months inventory, right? Three point one. Yes, we're we're over that. We're we are even though four months is when you start a balanced market we're really in a balanced market. And, and I think, you know, over the next couple of months, we're going to be hovering into the fours. And like I mentioned, there's some areas that have so many comparables that they're actually in a buyer's market, which is, which is crazy. What a flip, eh? A, a total flip. I mean, if you would have told me in Jan, Feb, March, and April that we were going to be at a buyer's market in some areas, I would have told you you're crazy. I said, you know, things are flying off the shelf. There's no way, you know? And, um, and actually, one of my newer agents been been about with me for about I don't know about a year, year and a half. <laughs> he had to do a, a cancellation, relist, and reduction. And he's like, I've "How do you do this?" <laughs> he, he actually said it to me. He's like, "I've never done one of these. What do I do?" <laughs> and it's it's crazy, you know. I, I do tell the story probably every week, but I, you know, it's and, and I actually told a client this the other day. For the longest time over the last two years, I was actually dealing with grumpy buyers because they weren't getting their offers accepted and they're going, you know, 100, 200,000 over asking. And I told one of my agents that don't worry, the sellers are going to be grumpy soon too. And, and I have a lot of compassion for these sellers right now because they've seen such a robust market. And we're dealing with some sellers that decided to wait and didn't put their house on the market. And now they're doing it. And they saw their neighbors get, you know, 800 and they're getting, you know, 700 and they're wondering, you know, why, why is this happening? And it's just, it's changed so quick. Um, the other those thing- buyers are out there, like the, the buyers are out there. They're just on the sidelines now. I think that's the problem. Yeah. The interest rates have gone up so much that it doesn't make financial sense for them to buy at this time. So I think we're going to go through, we'll see, but it feels like we're going to go through what we went through in 2020, where once COVID hit, I mean, everything came to a standstill for a couple of months, no open houses, nobody was selling their homes you know, for good reason. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open. I feel like the same thing might happen if int- once interest rates start start to come down again. That's, but where would the market be right now if not for infra- interest rates? I think we may still be in a in a probably a seller's market, yeah. teer- probably teetering towards, you know, balanced market, but closer to a seller's market than we are to a buyer's market that we're at right now, for if, sure. If you're, I 100% agree with you. If you're a buyer that's been sitting on the sideline because you're a little bit punch drunk on prices and bidding wars and all that stuff, even though the interest rates are high, we know they're going to come down. I would personally be trying to get into the market right now because you have tons of choice, tons. I mean, I did a search this morning as I was working on my stats, and I looked at uh, – I, usually when I look at sort of the Orleans, the Canada, and the, and the Bar Havens to see how many homes are on the market. In Orleans right now, there was something like 40 single-family homes in, in, a, in a certain area that I was looking at. A small sa- sample size of Orleans, there was 40 single-family homes, whereas six months ago, there would have been two. There would have been two, and they would have been holding offers, and it would have went to a bidding war. There's a lot of opportunity right now. If you're someone who can stomach that short-term pain with with interest rates, 
I would be taking a variable, knowing that they're coming down, even though they're high right now, and I would be getting into the market right now because you have lots of opportunity. I'm seeing townhouses in suburbia that used to be at 700 are now at 599 and 610 and 625. It's a great opportunity to get into the market. You have lots of choice. Stomach the interest rates for the next probably, what do you think, Frank, 12 to 18 Could be months. as long as 12 to 18 months. Hopefully it's not. I think that uh, with inflation numbers coming down slightly every month, Hopefully, by the time that we uh, get to 2023, we should see inflation numbers closer to the that three or four percent target that they'd like it to be at, yeah. and then we'll stop to see the stop. You know, at least interest rate hikes will stop, and then it's a matter of what's the economy doing at that point. And uh, but you know, short short term variable is going to go up over the next few months. Well, prime rates. Hmm. So right now, the bond market's priced in a half a percent increase for sure for October 26. So. Right. So anybody in a variable rate mortgage, unfortunately, or business mortgage or uh, corporate mortgages that are out there, commercial mortgages, a lot of them are based on on prime rate. Expect another half percent increase, unfortunately, in October, maybe as much as three quarters of a point, but it feels like half a percentage. So do you right go one year close now if you're getting a mortgage? Well, the problem, with the, the problem is that the short-term mortgage rates are similar to the five-year rates. So now you could go for a, a, a one year and you'll likely get it in the fives somewhere, low fives somewhere which is similar to what you might have on your variable. But, you know, if you take a one-year close, you lose the option to convert it to a fix. You have to wait until the year is up. Now, likelihood is that, you know, rates won't come down for a year anyway. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be a bad choice to take. But uh, but variable is going to go up again, right? Prime rate's going to go up. Yeah. Short term, though, Steve. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, but that's what I'm wondering. That's do you take a one-year yeah. or do you take and bite the bullet I would and, take and a, then go I, variable? I, I'd personally take a variable. And then, like Frank said, if all of a sudden something drastically happens, you can lock in right away and, and you know get a, get a much better rate. But Yeah, but the, you would buy diesel. <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> yeah. true. You true. know what? There's a couple yeah. of lenders out there that have what's called a, a fixed payment variable. So, yeah. you know, so basically what happens is the prime goes up, your payment doesn't change, which is good from a cash flow standpoint. But there is going to be a lot of disappointed people that have mortgages with, you know, one of the big banks that has it is TD. So TD has, so they have what's called a target rate. Once you hit that target rate, but that target rate for some customers, we had a customer that showed us their um, their <laughs> online screen printout, 57-year amortization because their prime rate's gone up that much that their payments stay the same. They just got a letter, though, that their payment's increasing, but even that's going to bring them down to the 35 or 40-year mark. So here they started two years ago at 25 years, and they've gone up double and likely – and likely probably, um, you know, going to – when their mortgage maturity comes up in three years, their amortization is going to be higher than when they started. Do you see that program ending? Do I see which program? The fact that you can just you pay that amount and your amortization continues to grow because rates well, I can up. see maybe Osfi coming in and saying, okay, like maybe that's not a good idea, or yeah. or, or, or maybe drop that target rate yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So what what I think we need to see now, and I think the government needs to relook at this. They need to relook at first time home buyers and maybe even going as high as thirty five year amortization for first time home buyers to open up the door for them to get in with interest rates where they are. Yeah. And I think they need to relook at a whole bunch of mortgage policies that really were put in place when interest rates were at all time lows. But if they feel that interest rates will remain, if this is the new normal, then they have to amend their mortgage rules for sure. Oh, absolutely. So before – I know we're a little bit late. We need to get to break. And now they put the clock up there for me so I can see it. <laughs> but so Frank's almost 60 now. Eh? Like he turns 60 next month. Not yet. I don't know. Are you shrinking? Because I, I can't see you over these screens. Is it just that the new <laughs> no, screens could be, are higher? could be your eyes. Could yeah. be my eyes. Yes, yeah. because la- – I did notice that there's something on your nose now lately that, that wasn't there two and a half years ago. Oh, yeah? What's that? Glasses. Yes, I know. 521-TALK, uh, 521-8255. We'll be right back.
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Paul Rushworth, Frank DiPolisano here. The numbers came out for September, and I guess no real big surprise, eh, Paul? No, not a big surprise. You know what it was. Just before we were on here, our producer, Stephen, here was like, 20 seconds, guys, 10 seconds, guys, and we're just, you know, shooting the you-know-what. And it's like, we have a way we do this, Stephen. We have a way we do this. So it's been two yeah, and a half we're, years. We're not sure how. We're, we're not we sure how, but, you know. And, and we've been doing this show for how long now? 15 years? I don't know if Frank would know uh, that. Come on. This is episode 771. Yeah. 771. Almost 16 full years. You know yeah. what? By the time we get to episode 800, we should be pretty good. Yeah. yeah that's pushing. That's pushing. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. a thousand. Maybe a thousand. So, yeah, let me get my glasses on as I look at the numbers. (laughs) I'm getting old. So, so in September, which we knew was going to happen, the number of sales was actually down 32.5%. The average sale price was only up 0.5%. And from we, a year ago. From a year ago. So that's, res, that's residential though, right? Yeah. No, that's full. Like residential was and up condo. 0.5. Condo was up 6%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at year to date, our number of sales are down 21% and our average sale price was up 8.8% year to date. But keep in mind, our high was in April at 739,000. Right now we're at 705. So we have come downhill, but- Five percent, not but, bad. But keep in mind, since we, April, we, we keep 5%. in mind, we keep in mind, we started the 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 year at six hundred and forty five thousand, and we're at seven oh five. So yes, we are almost up a hundred thousand dollars. You know, we've come down a little bit, up about what's what's that, Frank, sixty thousand dollars. So we're still up, which is good news. We're still up, but we are seeing a little bit of downward pressure on prices for sure, and it's going to continue for the rest of this year. Yeah, let's call a spade a spade. People are looking at what the price was in April versus today. They're not looking yeah. at January. That's the problem. Yep. Is that, you know, everybody talks about, if they're thinking about selling, it's like, but my neighbor sold in, in May for, yeah. or in May for X amount. Why is mine worth $100,000 less? That's what people focus on. They but are, how much are we up overall, though? What do you mean overall? From the beginning of this, when prices Five, started to go up. Start, start of 2021, our average sale. No, no, sale, no. I mean, since prices started to go up two years ago. That's what I'm saying. Since the start of 2021, our average sale price was at 529000 and now we're at seven oh five, so we're we're drastically up. And I and I try to remind the sellers that I'm like, guys, you know, I, I was with a lady the other day, and I was telling her she was she had an eight hundred thousand dollar house, and she's like, I'm not letting this thing go for less than X amount of dollars. And I said, well, you might not be able to get that. We might have to lower the price and, and temper our expectations. And she was, my neighbor sold for this. I want this. And I said, keep in mind, if I would have come to see you. 16 months ago, I would have told you your $800,000 home right now was actually worth 600000 yeah. So you've accumulated so much wealth over this two years. Yes, you're not getting what your neighbor got six months ago, eight months ago, but you're still getting way more than you probably should have got if the market didn't go insane like it did. So Still unheard of for Ottawa, right? This has never happened before. No, it's never happened before. It's never well, Two things have never happened. We've never seen prices accelerate this quick, and we've never seen interest rates accelerate this quick. So it's... It's kind of a double-edged whammy. I mean, prices are starting to come down a little bit, and that's why I keep telling buyers, short-term pain with interest rates, get into the market as soon as you can because you have a lot of opportunity right now. You have a lot more choice. I mean, where you had two or three homes for sale, now you have 20, 30, 40 homes for sale in that certain area, and you have a lot more opportunity to negotiate. Uh, The one thing that's tough right now is price reductions. Um, 
I seem to be the guy going out and getting all these price reductions on my listings. And it's, it's a tough conversation when you're telling people that, you know, that $10,000 price reduction is not going to work anymore. It could be a 25, a 50, a hundred thousand dollar price reduction in order to get your home sold in today's market. So those are always the toughest conversations with sellers right now. And anyone, any agent who got into the business, any realtor who got into the business over the last two years, there are things called price reductions that you have to do in order to get homes sold. And it's, I mean, I mean, if you've been in the business over the last two years, you don't really know what a price reduction is. And, and now you're having to learn what it is. And it's, it's um, you know, are, are they really losing? They're still up. They're still up big, so don't panic. Up if, at least a hundred, right? At least, yeah, at least. So don't panic if you're, um, you know, if you if you have to reduce your price to get it sold. It's just what has has to happen in today's market. If you can weather the storm, I tell my agents this every day, guys. You're going to be weathering a storm for the next twelve to eighteen months. It's just what I believe is going to happen. 2023 is going to be a tough year, but, and Frank, you tell me if you think I'm right. I think 2024 is going to be, it's not going to be what we've seen, but I think it's going to be a very robust year. We might be up, you know, anywhere from five, 10, 12% over that time frame, which is a very, very healthy increase. And that's what I see happening in 2024, weather the storm through 2023. There's still going to be lots of sales. You know, it's still going to be lots of movement. So don't say, oh, I'm holding off to 2024 to sell my house because your house still will sell in 2023. It's just going to be a tougher year. Yeah, flat, but still much more valuable than it was. Yeah, and keep in mind, you know, our, our days on market is not is not where it used to be. I mean, we used to have days on market, 50, 60, 70 days on market. We're nowhere near that right now, you know. And then we look at the months of inventory. We have 3.1 months of inventory on the market. We've done this show over the last 15 years where we've had 8, 9, yeah. 10 months of inventory on the market. So, you know, it just feels like we're in a bad market because we're in such a great market for two years. We're not in a bad market. We're still in a very healthy, good market for buyers and for sellers. It's in this market, realtors need to sharpen their skills and make it a win-win. The buyer wins, the seller wins, everybody wins in this scenario. And that's what's happening in a normal market. Seems the condo market is up though. Yeah, the condo market, you know, when you look at the condo market year to date, uh, it's up over my glasses. Uh, it's actually up 8.6%. So the average sale price is up 8.6%. And when you look at how many condos are actually on the market right now, there's 703 condos on the market right now. That might seem high, but if you guys remember when we had that glut of condos on the market, we were at 2,300 condos on the market. So right now we're at 700. So it's high because, yeah. you know, during the last two years, we've seen like, you know, 150 to 200 condos on the market. Now we're at 700, but it's, it's a much healthier market. I still remember the days of walking into someone's condo saying, huh, I know you paid 300,000, but it's really only worth 250. I know you've just closed on it too. Yeah. Those days are over. I mean, condo market's a much more healthy market, but it went through some you know trials and tribulation to get where we are today for sure. Obvious reason why condos are moving, eh, Frank? Well, low price. I think first time home buyers may need to reassess where maybe a townhouse was the was the first home they wanted to get. Maybe they have to look at a condo. And I was um, at a client to send me a condo this week, and it was like in the mid threes, and condo fees weren't bad at three hundred and seventy dollars a month. So, you know, if that's it was a two bedroom condo, not bad. So not bad. Now it's not in the downtown core; it's in the outskirts. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it was enough for them to be able to qualify at this point. Because keep in mind, I mean, if you know, the other thing we've seen this week, unfortunately, is we've seen because the bond market um, price itself based on what can, uh, Bank of Canada might do with prime rate, we've seen bond markets go up half a point. So where we were into the fours for certain mortgages, I think we'll be into the fives by next week, unfortunately, the low fives. But um, you know, even at that point, you have to qualify at two percentage points above 
that rate that you get. So you're having to qualify at 7%, which is so difficult to do, especially somebody on a single income. Single income, it's next to impossible. So, you know, for years I've been talking about do four to five times your income, and that's generally what you qualify for. That number is now three to four times. Rarely will you qualify for five times your income based on qualifying rate being so high these Frank, days. Frank, when you, when you and Steve bought your first house, probably back in the 40s, <laughs> when you guys bought your first house back in the 40s, what, were your, what was your interest rate? 13.5% yeah. for three years for yeah. me and back in 1988. So yeah. we're not talking, you know, uh, but... You know, at that time, our townhouse that we bought, brand new built townhouse, was $105,000. So much different on that side. And back then, you didn't have cell phone cost of 100 bucks a month, internet of 100 bucks a month, cable vision was 20 bucks. your hydro bill, if you got a $20 hydro bill, you were using too much hydro. It's everything else that's gone up in price. I mean, you know, we, we've been saying for the last 5, 10 years, your mortgage costs are relatively cheap in comparison to what it costs for everything else. That's where the struggle is today, where most young first-time homebuyers who are looking at it, you know, I did one this week, and they want to buy a townhouse that was listed at five ninety-eight with 5% down, $3,800 for their mortgage payment and their property taxes. Wow. And they just said, we can't afford that. Like, we're renting at 2100 right yeah. now, and we're just barely making ends meet with 2100 because yeah. they've got cell phones. <laughs> now, they'd have to give up some things, but they couldn't find enough things to give up to be able to to buy that house because it like they would they would give up six or seven hundred dollars. They said no problem a month, but we can't find seventeen hundred dollars to give up. That's so what I think is happening is I, I agree with you that I think twenty twenty four will be much healthier, assuming that interest rates come down like they should. If we can get the interest rates back into the threes and we need uh, governing bodies to relook at the mortgage rules, who qualifies for mortgages, how they qualify for mortgages, I think we need that relooked at. Because on a 25-year amortization, even if rates stay in the threes or fours with house values going where they are, it's going to be very difficult for first-time homebuyers to get in. And a lot of the uh, statistics that are coming out or surveys are saying that a lot of young Canadians, have, a lot of them are giving up hope that they'll ever be able to own a home, which is, yeah, which is disappointing. Sad. Which is sad. It's disappointing. I know, I know we have to go to the news here in a second, but I, uh, you know, over in the- In a second. <laughs> you know, uh, I was actually looking at all my expenses too with, with what's going on now, expensive things are and stuff like that. And I was pushing actually not to come back to the studio because adding a, a breakfast every Saturday which, for which, Frank. Which you haven't is, paid is, since 2019. It's crippling so me. It's okay. crippling me having to buy Frank <laughs> breakfast all the time. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> you guys remind me of the two old oh, guys geez. in the Muppets. 521-TALK, <laughs> We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushworth and Frank DePolizano. How come that one-year rate is higher than the five-year rate, Frank? Oh, again, the short-term bond rates are very similar to the long-term bond rates. And, you know, we've seen in, in previous years where the short-term is more expensive than the long-term. So it'll all earn itself out in time. Unfortunately, we're going through, um, you know, certain periods right now where, there's a lot of unknown out there, and there really is a lot of unknown. I mean, as much as you know, the Bank of Canada governor is going to increase, he should have known a year ago, he should have foresaw a year ago that inflation numbers were going to be as high as they were and should have you know, gradually started increasing the rates probably six months before he did, which would have given um, you know, a lot of Canadians the sign that this was coming as opposed to doing it as quickly as he has in such a short period of time. I mean, that's But he's been, not alone. It's happening That's been globally. more damaging. I, 
Absolutely. And that's why I'm saying across the world, they've all done this to themselves. But really, they're not the ones who are paying the price. It's the it's the citizens um, that are paying the price. And you know, pe- families who should be living comfortably are struggling today. Equifax has come out and said that credit card usage is at its highest it's ever been. So now we've got Canadians having to use their credit cards to live month to month, which is not the way it's supposed to be. Which is dangerous. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. So dangerous. bankruptcies will hit all-time highs in 2023, likely, because that's historically what happens. Uh, you know, trustees are, are, are just sharpening their pencils right now because they know they're going to be extremely busy. It's unfortunate. I mean, we'll, we're going to see prime rate go up the end of this month. We've seen fixed rates hit the fives. Um, you know, and not only that, but we've seen food prices at historic highs. Yes. Gas prices is back up again because the oil's back up again. It, it, it's uncertain. It's very difficult. And, you know, here we are Thanksgiving Day weekend and so many people are just just going to be hurting just to have a good meal on their table. And in this country, that should not be happening. I can tell you, I, I was in Los Angeles a month ago. The amount of homeless people that we saw is appalling for a country. It's appalling. It's only going to get worse. And, and it's it, going to get worse. And you know what's going to get worse, too, is power of sales and, and foreclosures, I think, is going to happen. I mean, I know it's happening all over the states again, right? Like, there's lots of places in the states. when we, You know, remember in the, in the meltdown in 28 and, or 2008? Seven and, and eight. Two, but you're not going to see it here as states. much, Paul. No, you're not going to. But we're starting to see it again in the states. The, the, the foreclosure rates are starting to cr- climb in the states. And... I think with the way the interest rates are, I think they're going to climb a little bit here in Canada too. I, but, I think it's just. But a you got to be proactive if you own a home and you're in the ditch, you're in trouble. You got to be proactive. You have to be proactive. There's too many people that call. We don't see a lot of them because it's, we've been in such a great market over the years. But there's so many people who are, get that letter from the bank and they try to delay and they delay and then they finally they call us and it's like, yeah, it's been three months. I'm like, you're about to be foreclosed on, or with the yeah, here they call a power sale. sale. Um, you're about to have that power sale happen. You got to get rid of your house now or do something creative. And I think we're going to start seeing. And listen, one thing about this show. I'm going to put a plug in for you, Paul, here. Oh, this is because. Nice. Oh, hold on. Can we, Stephen, can we make sure we record yeah, yeah. this part you, right here? You please? can record yes. this, okay? Because I've, I've been listening to your commercials and you'll buy it. I think that's where your buyer's program is going to come in. For people that are struggling, and have let it get away on them. And if they're at that three-month period, the last thing that a lender wants to do is take the – especially lenders today, big banks that are making $10 billion in profit, they have no interest whatsoever in kicking people out of their homes. But they have to do what what, what their legal right is. So if they were to get an offer or a listing and show that you've already guaranteed the sale yeah. – at least those individuals will be able to stay in the house for that 30, 60, 90 days. Yeah. The bank will let that go knowing that the property is sold. So, so, and the lawyer's letters. Stop. But Frank, if you, would yes. have, if you would have said to me in January, February, March, April of this year that I would be doing guaranteed sales right yeah, now, I'd you tell would, you you're yeah. mad. There's no right. chance I'd, I'd touch a guarantee. Right. It's happening. It's now, happening. I get probably at least one or two calls a week and sometimes from other agents to take over their listing to save their client yeah. on my guaranteed sale program. Yeah. So. Now, now, you talked about delinquencies. Now, in Canada, the banks have reported delinquencies still have not gone up tremendously. They've had very slight increases. Keep in mind, the the qualifying rules, even over the last two years of this craziness, have still been tough for Canadians because they still have to qualify five and a quarter percent. So... And most of them that took a five-year fixed are not in trouble right now because they have those one and a half, two percent, two and a half percent mortgages for, for now. now for another two or three years. Yeah, yeah, but don't forget they had all that and they were pre-qualified, but 
gas went up, inflation Agreed. went crazy. Totally There's a agree. lot of extra factors now. Totally agree. But what I will say in those scenarios is that those individuals that have owned that home for two, three years or more have so much equity built in their home that they're in a position of advantage. So they're not in a position of disadvantage. Now, those individuals need to make sure they keep their mortgage up to date. And if they don't, they need to seek some financial advice. So because at least if you've got some equity built in, you can get some some at least you know a little bit of a relief by getting a private mortgage or a second mortgage of some sort to pay off all your debts or get some cash flow together for you. But if you let it go and you get to that three-month period, that's when you get yourself in a lot of trouble because two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to start getting legal letters, which are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that's added onto your mortgage. That's number one. So eating away at your equity. And number two is that you're not going to be able to borrow at renewal time. They won't renew you. And when you go to move your mortgage somewhere else, if another lender sees that you've gone two months, three months without mortgage payments, you will not be able to get a a traditional institutional mortgage at that point. You're going to have to go to a private lender, and that's going to cost you thousands of dollars more. So be be ahead of it. Don't let it get to the point. You've got equity in your home. Don't let it get to the point where you fall behind even a month. Don't even get to that one month. Now, Canadians historically pay their mortgages. So that's the one thing that Canadians have that's different than Americans. Americans get get right off their interest, but in Canada, you don't get to do that. But Canadians historically pay their mortgages off, so uh, make their mortgage payments at whatever cost. They'll be late on the credit cards. They'll be late on everything else, but they will not miss a mortgage payment. So continue to do that. But if you do get in trouble, seek financial advice sooner rather than later. Do not let it get to the point where you're getting letters because that's where it gets dangerous. Absolutely. You know, I'm sitting here listening to this show, and I'm like, wow, this is, sucks. This is like a doom and gloom. But <laughs> but the truth but is, we're, the truth is we're realists, and we're being honest. We're, you know, when the market's un- unbelievable, and interest rates are super low. We're the first ones to, to report yeah. on that. So we're just telling you the market's not great. Like the market's tough right now. Interest rates are going up again. And- Only if you bought in the last six months though. If you yes. if, if you purchased you know, your house two years ago, you're up 100, 150, 200,000 in some cases. For sure. So you're not in bad shape. And if your mortgage doesn't renew for another two or three years, hey, like I, if, if anybody buys real estate for short term, that's a mistake to begin with. Total Real estate is a long-term investment. So just just relax. And yes, your If house, you bought 10 years ago, could you re-amortize again? Of course you could. Of course you could. As long as you've got good credit, as long as you qualify, of course you could. Uh, there, there are customers that have come to us at renewal time now, and they have 15 years left, and they've said, my rate's so much higher, I need my mortgage payment to be similar to where it is today because that's that's my that's my cash flow. Yeah. And no problem. Let's get it reamortized to 20, 25, 30 years. Doesn't mean it's going to take you 25, 30 years. Let's make that clear. Just because you amortize a mortgage over 25, 30 years, this is all about cash flow. This is all about living your lifestyle. And if that's all you can afford at this point because the interest rates are high, then reamortize it. But in five years from now, if you're if the interest rates are back down to twos or threes, then at that point, you can keep the payments the same and uh, drop your amortization again. Frank, if you get chunks of money, you can always drop it. Always. Frank, do they discriminate? um, I mean, I guess I'm asking this for yourself as well. Do they discriminate on age when it comes to mortgages? Like, will you be able to get another mortgage at your age? They can never discriminate on age, Paul. But, you know, I think that's a bigger problem for Steve than it is for me. (laughs) Do they discriminate against jerks? (laughs) (laughs) Because then I'm screwed. I'm screwed. (laughs) It's a great question, Pete. I've had clients call me in their 70s and say, like, we're struggling. Like, can we – but we have our house almost paid for. We only have a $48,000 mortgage, 
But, you know, our pensions now don't go as far as they did because everything else costs so much more. So in those scenarios, I mean, you know, when you're in your 60s and 70s and 80s and you still want to own your home and you can maintain your home, you can do either a home equity line of credit. You can do a mortgage amortized over 30 years. Or you can do a reverse mortgage, which means that there's no payments. Much more expensive on the interest rate standpoint. But for some older senior Canadians that are living on a pension and their pension check doesn't go as far as it used to, you can do the reverse mortgage where you don't have to make payments on a reverse mortgage. And basically what happens is they give you a certain percentage of equity in your home depending on your age and depending on your house value. And what happens is they're they're pretty safe because if they gave you 50% of your house value, I mean, there's 50% equity there. And then every year, you know, presumably your house will go up a little bit in value. And again, I mean, but your mortgage balance goes up. I mean, that's yeah. the difference with the reverse mortgage. I've had a client say, oh my God, look how much my mortgage is going to be five years from now. It's like, well, yeah, because you're not making any payments. The yeah. interest is accruing on this mortgage. So. so just before we go to break, to recap... Someone who's about to turn 60 like you next month is okay to no get a mortgage. No problem. You can All get right. a 30-year amortized, amortized mortgage because nobody can tell you how long you're going to live. Like, yeah, like nobody true. knows how, how long you're going to live. You can live till 90. I plan on. It's possible. I hope to. <laughs> I hope to. That would be what? That's another oh, 30, 50. But that's another 1,500 shows. Wow. That's a lot of breakfast yeah. for me. Yeah, that's, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a lot oh, of yeah. sitting with but, but you know what? <clears throat> the good news is, Frank, is we'll have to probably chop your breakfast up soon, right? Yes, because yes. you won't be able to eat so it with true. your teeth. It'll so be liquid. You might liquefy it. Liquid yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, liquefy yeah. yours, you right? Yeah, liquefy it. 521 We will be right back, I think. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Paul Tano, Paul Rushforth in the studio. So exciting, so exciting. For the first time in two and a half years. Yep, it's so exciting to be back. In the last two and a half years, I bet you haven't used your guarantee once until recently. Not even close. In fact, one of my super agents said to me one day, just before the market started to really shift, he's like, Paul, you need to change up your advertising a little bit. This guarantee is just a waste. You got it plastered everywhere. No one needs the guarantee. And then it's funny, within days, the market started to shift and my phone started to ring with the guarantee. In fact, the first time I got a call when the market started to shift, maybe in May, June, I get a call on the guarantee and I was like, guarantee how do i do that again <laughs> i haven't used it in so long so it's but uh no i've put on the market right now i think i've put on about three or four guarantees um but i've had probably about 10 or 12 calls on them uh things obviously worked out for those other people like three or four recently three or four over the probably last three months wow. i've done three or four guarantees uh all four of them have sold and they didn't need my guarantee but they are able to take it to the bank with the guarantee to say I can close on my new house now. I have a, a firm offer on my house. They ended up selling, getting more. We ripped up my offer. They got the better offer, uh, which was great news. But they had the peace of mind that they could go to the bank. And in fact, of the four, two of them were from another realtor who called me and said, these are my dear friends. I can't get their home sold. Can you please talk to them about your guarantee and get them listed and get them sold? And we did for two two different agents. And it's, uh, you know, it's... 
it's great to see that they reached out. I mean, a lot of agents. Well, they know where to go. A lot of agents will will say, oh, that program's a joke. That program's not valid. Well, why are you calling me for my guarantee then, right? So it's uh, it's a total legit program and people are taking advantage of it again. Uh, it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking for me because as I see the market starting to slide a little bit and interest rates going up, it's very nerve-wracking for me to guarantee properties. But, you know, I got the cojones to do it, so I'm going to do it. Could you get bridge financing on Paul's guarantee? Of course. It, 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 it's a firm sale. So as long as it's a firm sale, you can get bridge financing. And that's, you know, that's a question I get. We haven't sold our house. Can we bridge, get bridge financing? And the answer <laughs> no. is no. Bridge is all about the fact that your home is sold and not only sold with, it, it can't be sold with conditions still outstanding. <laughs> so it can't be sold subject to somebody else selling their own house. That's not a firm sale. It has to be no conditions outstanding, sold firm, and you get bridge financing. Some lenders will go up to 120 days, most are 60 or 90 days of bridge financing. So, uh, And it's not that expensive. Everybody says it's bridge financing uh, expensive. I say the bridge loan itself is not expensive, but you have to remember that you now own two homes for that period of time. So what's expensive is the fact that you've got two mortgage payments, two property taxes, two utility bills. But insurance. you should probably do it for at least a few days between buying and selling, right? There isn't you don't a lawyer. To... There's not a lawyer out there that will tell you today to close uh, both your purchase and your sale on the same day. It's just too difficult. Too many things have to fall in place perfectly for everything to line up. So most lawyers will tell you, get at the very minimum a day. But realistically, what I usually recommend to most clients is take the weekend. So if you sell your house, sell it on, on the Tuesday. Yeah. But when you buy, buy on the Thursday. So that you give yourself that four or five days, which isn't very expensive, and it gives you that four or five days to move your stuff out to the new house and at the same time clean up the old house that you're leaving in proper shape for the I, next people. I did uh, bridge financing for about three and a half weeks, um, and you know the rate was ridiculous for bridge financing. Yeah, right? it is. It was, but, it was like 8.2% 8, 8. or something for three and a half. it's such a short period of time. It's such a short yeah. period of time, but and, and you know what? It gives you the peace of mind. Like We were able to, uh, Petra and I were able to move into our new house. She had about a month before she lost her house. I had about three and a half weeks. It cost us a little bit of money, but it allowed us to go in and paint and do the things we wanted to do to the house before starting to move in. And it was the it was nice to have that peace of mind where we had some time to do that. But you're right, Frank. I see too many people who try to close on the same day and you're banking on being no issues at the lawyer's office, closing on time, you know, like Well, you're waiting at your new house for keys that aren't yes. necessarily the other people are not necessarily moved out. Yep. It's just so yeah. many headaches. Moving me. trucks and all of a sudden if something goes wrong, now you got to pay for the moving truck for an extra day and the driver for an extra day and it gets way more expensive than if you had just taken those two days or three days just to do it. And one of the biggest mistakes people make is closing on a Friday. You know, Agreed. when you're closing on a Friday, you better hope there's no hiccups because if there's a hiccup, you're now looking at Monday before this this house actually closes. So if you want to close later in the week because maybe your work schedule allows you to you know move over the weekend and that, try doing it on a Thursday. So if at least if there's a hiccup on that Thursday, you can close it on the Friday without you know any issues. But there's so many people now who are starting to close on the Fridays, and I would not be closing on a Friday just in case of a hiccup. I do Wednesdays all the time. I always yep. say to my clients, Give try to do days. Wednesday to Wednesday. Like yep. you know, if you buy and you sell Wednesday to Wednesday, if not, do Thursday to Tuesday. If you want to save a couple of hundred bucks, but if you can do Wednesday to Wednesday, that gives you that full week. If something goes wrong on the Wednesday, you can still close on the Thursday or Friday. And at the end of the day, you're you're going to be able to make your arrangements. Now, I will say to clients, if you're getting furniture delivered or appliances delivered, do it the day after, two days after. Don't put it on that date because if something goes wrong, 
Now they might delay you another week to get your stuff. So. Yeah, and don't do it at the end of the month, the beginning of the month. Oh, Try 100%. To, yeah. I mean, moving companies and and, and to same rent with the weekends, vehicle, right? to rent a truck. To, hard to get a you moving company trucks, on Paul, the weekend. By the way? You still got your trucks, you still, don't talk about that? Yeah, we still have the two moving trucks, which we yeah. let people use uh, when they buy and sell with us. Or if you need them for, we give them to charities and churches and all those schools and those type of things. But yeah, uh, and you know, as a client of ours, you have that truck for life. So I mean, you want to go build a deck and get some wood from Home Depot, you take the truck and, uh, and, and use it anytime you want. So yeah, we give out the two moving trucks uh, to, to all our clients. I've taken advantage of that. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. I still remember, and you guys can bring this up when Josh comes on the radio next time for me, Josh Batley. Years ago, Josh was a client before he got into real estate and I had a brand new moving truck and okay. Josh decided he needed to get something from Bayshore. He drove into one of those underground parking lots oh and took the whole top of my brand new moving truck off, and that was Josh Batley. So remember when Josh is on the radio next time? Well, he's listening now. I'm sure he's not happy. <laughs> yeah, right I know. He's and not. then Paul hired him. Then I hired him. <laughs> I, I liked him so much, I hired him. <laughs> birthday's Frank. Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Um, uh, Brad Beckler, our friend Brad Beckler, yes. celebrated his birthday this week. Mood Swing Media, the king of media. So uh, thank you, Brad, and happy birthday. Kim Powell Steele from my office and uh, Rochelle Claremont celebrating their birthdays this week and a happy Thanksgiving weekend to everyone. I have, uh, I just got a really wonderful message from a, a realtor friend of ours, that Frank mm-hmm. and I both know, Marianne Baird Anderson, who listens to all our shows, retired this year from real estate. She was a darn good realtor and very well respected. Sent me a really nice message that she listens to our show every week and we are the barometer of real estate. So nice. thank you, Marianne, and happy retirement. Yeah, and the well, fact. Well, she sent me a text saying, ah, Paul's okay, but Frank, I really listen for you. So. <laughs> now, the fact that it's Thanksgiving, let me just say to both of you, it's a pleasure to have two turkeys back in the studio. <laughs> yeah, you were working on that one all week, uh, oh, weren't yeah, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and continue to support local businesses and charities. Absolutely. Have a great Thanksgiving.